This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, the Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. I am here with Henriette Donnell, who is a strategic business coach working with professional female entrepreneurs in the service-based industry. That includes your industry if you're in financial services or, or insurance to help them attract high paying clients continuously, not once, not twice, but continuously, which is very, very good. And she does this in a way that's very simple and easy and takes out the complication of it, which I love. Um, So we're going to dissect this together because um, we really want to talk about not just how to get clients, but how to simplify your business to get more high paying clients, the clients you love, the clients you want, the clients that are um, the ones that you would talk about and brag about that create, help you create your ideal business and ideal life. So Henriette, so good to have you here. Get ready for her amazing, cute accent. Here it goes. Oh, thank you so much. No pressure. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. I knew you were going to bring that up. I think they'll notice, you know, even if I didn't say anything. But um, yeah, so tell me like how you got into this and then uh, a little about your background before we jump in, because that's always yeah. interesting and I'm curious to learn more. No, definitely. So, um, so as you announced, I'm a strategic business coach and I work with female entrepreneurs in the service-based industry to help them attract more clients. But for me, it's not just about attracting clients. It's about simplifying your business. I mean, let me explain it a little bit like this. Um, would you ever go one morning into your kitchen and say, right, you know, today I'm going to put a chicken in the oven. I'm going to bake a cake. You know what? Let's make a pot of curry. Ooh, pancakes. Let's make some pancakes. You know what? I'll throw in an apple pie while I'm at it. Now, as I'm saying that, all of you are going, what the heck is she talking about? Now, of course, you wouldn't do that in your, in your kitchen. You wouldn't just go in there and try to do all of these recipes at the same time. I mean, heavens know the, the amount of ingredients you need, the mess it's going to create. And if anything would actually turn out edible at the same time, you'd be amazed. But you know, this is the thing. We do this in our business. We really try to do so much, especially as women. We try and do so much in our businesses. We overcomplicate things because we feel if we want something badly, it must be difficult to get it. And that means we need to find something else. We need to do something else. And then we get bombarded by people saying, oh, you should try this out. You should try this out. So we get inundated by doing so many things 
And it's not about that. It's about sometimes scraping off all of those recipes and just finding the one recipe that is aligned with you. And how this got started really for me is I used to work actually for 15 years in the interior design industry. And I loved my job. I mean, I was project managing projects from all over the world, got to walk on yachts in the south of France and Italy. Um, I got to walk down corridors of mansions, of palaces. But the main thing for me is I was very good at solving problems, very good at simplifying things all the time. Then fairly quickly, I reached the ceiling within the corporate industry, and that kind of led me to start my own business, which naturally kind of moved into business coaching. And that's where I realized that my skill and my strength was really to take complicated matters, simplify it, and always find solutions for people. And that's been the backbone of my business ever since, which is why I'm so excited to share everything with this with your audience today, because wouldn't it be amazing if you know that there are simpler ways to do things rather than complicating more things for yourself and your business? <laughs> so, yes. I would say an astounding, yes, I just did an event. And for some reason, when I had people in the audience and sometimes at the beginning, they were kind of like, yes, yes. And I'm like, come on, an astounding, yes. And I, I never even used that word. Like I hardly ever use the word astounding, but that's that's very much an astounding yes right here because simplifying is so important. And, and we women tend to complicate everything. Ask my husband. It's definitely true. So so how do we actually I have a question just going back because I'm just curious. Um, you said you said it was like, oh, I, I I left the corporate world and then I was in interior design, left the corporate world. And then naturally I just be, you know, help people with their businesses. But that's kind of not a natural progression, I think, for most people. So before we go into the simplification, I'm nosy and I'm curious. So what business did you start first? Did you start your own interior design business? No, not at all, actually. For me in particular, I wanted to move away from interior designing. Yes, I loved it. And yes, that was a passion of mine. But I wanted to do something online, international, and I wanted to work from home. I don't have any children, but I just got a puppy at that point in my life. And I was like, I want to be here for the puppy. I know that's my, like my baby. So I wanted to be here for the puppy. I wanted to, you know, be at home and, and walk the dog and play with him and see him grow. So like most people, that would be one of the reasons why they would leave the corporate world is to look after their children. And um, so for me, that was a little bit different. But while working full time, I then started diving into Googling how to start your own online business and obviously went down a rabbit hole from there on. Um, but then, you know, coaching was the one thing that caught my eye. And I was always very good at teaching people's school because I would always teach the new employees coming into the company as well. And I would train them, etc. So I knew that was also a skill set that I had. So coaching was one of the things that I did look into. So while working for two years full time, I started building my business, my online business, my side hustle, as most people would call it. Working full-time, not in interior design. Working full-time doing what? Working full-time interior design, still in corporate. Yes. Okay, so you start, you kind of transitioned as you're doing it, you're you're side hustling, coaching. So you did like start coaching, but as an online business, so you can have an international business online, which I think is important too, to know that background because- so many financial advisors and insurance professionals don't think they have an online business. And in fact, because compliance is, I'm just going to say it since it's my freaking podcast, compliance is such a bitch that they're afraid to like, you know, put stuff online and there's all these complications and all these things. I'm talking about complicating things. Oh, I can't do that because compliance says it's not allowed and I can't do this when it's not that it's not allowed. It's that you have to actually push the envelope to get compliance to say yes. And, and people want it easy and easy does not mean successful. Even though we're talking about simplifying sometimes like you know you use uh, and this is financial language but you use pre pre-approved materials and that's mm -hmm. stuff that they've already proved so you don't have to go through compliance it's just done and that's easy 
but it's actually complicated because no one responds to that. And then you got to do more stuff to get these clients and you're not getting the right clients and you're doing just a ton of activity. And like you said, you have five different recipes happening at once and many of them have not been proven or maybe they've been proven with like hard, like long hours and years and years and years that they're going to work, but they're not going to be the efficient ways to get there. So here you are, you're like, I'm, I'm doing my side hustle while I'm still having the money. I can make the money with the corporate world. I'm learning how to do this online. And I think everyone listening should start thinking about your financial or insurance business as an online business because we're in an online world. And when the pandemic hit, it was like, wake up call. We can't just do this by going networking and doing everything face-to-face. And now people are realizing that. But if you come out of this with simplified tools and, and action steps of what you can do to get these clients and you're able to do it online, girl, like you're ahead of the game, like you're ahead of everybody else. And it doesn't matter if there's no pandemic, like you just save time when you don't have to travel to everybody's homes and you don't have to have everybody come to the office and it, it condenses time. So give me some examples or, or go walk through your steps. You have four steps. So, so walk us through how you do this to attract high paying clients or high quality clients um, specifically, and, and, and maybe how we can even frame it so that they could do it online if they want. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is the best part because what I'm going to share with you can easily be applied online. I mean, you can do it, you know, literally in the physical world as well. But I mean, come on, with everything's happening, online is the way to go these days because it just sets you up with the right foundations for whatever would happen again in the future. You know that you're stable. Um, so I'm going to go off with the four strategies. I'm going to go through one at a time so you can all see how they work together. And I want you to imagine that it works in a circular format. There are four strategies and they all work in a circle together. So we're going to complete the circle at the end once I com- uh, talk about the last strategy. The first strategy is your visibility strategy. Now, when I talk visibility, everybody immediately thinks social media. This is where I need to be. But actually, if you look at the visibility strategy, if you think about a pyramid, there's a couple of elements that happen in that pyramid. At the bottom of the pyramid is your website. This is easy. People can create a website or you get a website designer. So for you as a business owner, your website is the first element, the bottom of that pyramid. But the problem is so many people create the website, but they hide behind that website. They don't want to take that next step in order to become more visible. And they just wait, thinking that people will find them. The next step up from that pyramid on top of the website is, well, social media. So social media came along. It made it a lot easier for us to be more visible. But here's the problem. There are so many social media platforms out there. So what happens is we try and be everywhere on all of those platforms, which means that we have to create content to be on all of those platforms. My suggestion is, number one, find out where your ideal clients are hanging out and be either on one or two of those platforms at the most. Don't overdo it. Just choose one or two platforms. And so many people would say, well, what if my clients hang out on Instagram and I'm only on LinkedIn? That's okay. You'll be surprised that so many people who are on Instagram are also on LinkedIn. But the idea is not for you to get overwhelmed because you need to create that consistency on social media. Now, further up on that, on that pyramid, from the, the next step up from social media is obviously being featured in public speaking. Now, public speaking has very much evolved as well, because these days, public speaking is you, you know, literally what we're doing right here, right now, online. It's not about the old days where you just used to stand on a stage with a huge crowd in front of you. Public speaking can be in the form of Facebook Lives, Instagram Stories, Instagram Lives, you know, doing workshops, doing events. All of those kind of things refer to you being put in front of another audience where you share your expertise. 
And then at the pinnacle of that um, pyramid, basically, is awards. Now, a lot of people don't realize this, but when you start applying for awards in your business, when you get nominated, that gives you amazing PR capabilities and opportunities in order to be displayed, seen as an expert, and yet again, being put in front of other audiences. So if you think about your visibility strategy in the form of that pyramid, you really just got to start off with one or two of those elements on the pyramid. Don't do them all. Just start off with one of those two, one or two of those elements and just get consistent with it in order to have it as a visibility strategy. Now, moving on from your visibility strategy. Hold hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to (laughs) unpack some of this stuff. Like, this is good. This is good. This is, uh, okay, I'm just going to say good shit, good shit. Okay, so I took a lot of notes there. Okay, and so first of all, I I have this in my hand and most of you are just watching this, not seeing it, but I have this uh, challenge called the tag challenge, the appointment generator challenge. And so I help them get five quality appointments in five days, but I'm showing you, Henry, at this, but I say the number one problem is that they're invisible. And I have this picture, it says problem. And it's like basically a, a silhouette of a woman that, that, that shows that you're invisible. And what's really interesting about what you said is you, you start with the visibility start strategy. And I say this again and again and again, I said, if the, the person you want to attract knew how amazing you are, if they knew that you would transform their life, if they knew that working with you would, would enhance your life and provide tremendous transformational value, they'd be talking to you, they'd be meeting with you, they'd be working with you like that. So this yes. is something I say again and again and again, and it's like, we just, but the, they don't see you. You're not visible. They don't see you. And I have you know similar strategies and also different strategies to, to get them to see you, but you, you, know, you didn't go too deep into the ideal client, but like figuring out who the person you want to attract is really, yeah. really important to figure out. And I use a, a strategy called clone, clone your, clone your client, because I, I think people complicate it and make it hard to, to it's pe- people don't want to pigeonhole themselves. And now I got to think of like, who's my ideal client. And I think I got a niche and, and that scares me. And if it scares me, it definitely scares the listeners. So it's like, well, what, who's one person you want to attract. And you may have heard this, those of you listen to my stuff, but I have three levels. And just so we can be on the same page here, Henriette, but what level one is you already have someone in your book of business. They're like, I want to clone this person. It's let's say you were my, my client. I'm like, Henriette, I love her. She's amazing. She's, she's fun. And she's really knowledgeable. She knows all this stuff. And she really cares about growing her business and helping more people. I want to clone you. Right. So that's someone, let's say you're in my book of business. Level two would be someone in your warm market. And the whole industry is telling people, I'll make your list of 100 and talk to everyone all your friends and family, everyone, you know, but I'm telling you my uncle who is not going to throw me $3 million. Like there was no way he was going to throw me $3 million because I was a singer songwriter. Like six weeks before I became a financial advisor. And like, no matter what you tell me industry about your friends and family are the best people like in your warm market that are going to give you money. Like it ain't happening. Like he saw me grow up. He's knew I was this, you know, cynical love song singer songwriter. Like he's not throwing me his millions. Right. But I can clone him. I can say, okay, who is, Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil, he's at, at one point, he was a business owner for um, uh, at retail. Um, for, we had a Abrams formal tire. It was tuxedo business from our family business. And he was an owner of a retail business, right? So I can say, oh, owner of retail business. Cause like he's living in uh, San Francisco area, Silicon Valley. Like he has money. He's, he's, you know, he, he's someone who might be a, a great quality person, but I'm not going to get Uncle Phil, I'm going to clone Uncle Phil. And then the third level is someone that you just pull out of your pocket. Of course, I'm going to say pocket, nothing else, or out of the air, right? Where you're like, okay, who I get to choose from the worldwide web. We're talking about online potential strategies. I can choose from the worldwide web and LinkedIn. You mentioned LinkedIn, like, 
I love LinkedIn because we can take someone, use a job title and find these people and start using criteria after criteria to narrow the search and find people who are totally quality and it doesn't have to be perfect. So if we take, because we didn't talk about the ideal client part, if we just take someone and we clone that person and now we go through this process and we think about this, and I just want to unpack some of this because I know the listener and I know how they get freaked out about compliance. I already mentioned compliance. So let's talk about your website. What you said, but how people hide behind it is so true. I can't tell you, I get people who are like, you know, applying for a call with me. And then I like go to look at their website and I can't find a photo of them. I'm like, I need to see who you are. Like, I just, I want to see you. Like if I can't find a photo, I'm definitely not finding a video. And I would much prefer to find a video, one minute video. So I, I can like judge you in a positive way to say, do I like you? Are you the type of person I want to talk to you, whether you're talking to me or maybe someone I wanted to hire, definitely with someone I wanted to hire. I want to be able to see you and you're invisible. This is why it's called an invisibility strategy. So you got to have your picture on there, like showcase who you are. Don't use your brand of your company, but have some personal brand. Okay. I want to unpack some more of this stuff. Okay. Social media, they're like a little freaky deaky about, because again, compliance, but exactly what you said, Henriette, like one or two platforms is great. My two favorites, especially for financial advisors are LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, but definitely Instagram is, is, is a great one. I mean, some people say use TikTok. It doesn't seem to be where my clients hang out. Please, please email me if I'm wrong. If you're like on TikTok all the time and you're a female financial advisor and um, or, or insurance professional. I want to know if you're hanging out on TikTok because I kind of want to try it. But find a platform. I love that. Being featured. Okay. Public speaking equals money. Always, always, always. But you're so right. Like the world is, has gotten more and more accessible. Facebook Live, like you can, you guys are afraid to do that. And you're like, compliance might not let you do it. Maybe on your business page. But you know what? People who follow your business page probably see you on your personal page. It doesn't have to be about money. It doesn't have to be about insurance. It has to be about your beliefs, what you stand for, what you care yeah. about. It could be about your little puppy, like Henriette's talking about. And you're like, oh, this chick is cool. Like we just want people to connect and relate. And you talk about things about money. You think that's what's giving you credibility? No, 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 no. It's your vulnerability that's letting you shine. So I don't think just because compliance says you can't go on Facebook live. Like I know Edward Jones, they don't let you go on Facebook live or on videos. You can, you just got to go as you and the people will start to find you and they'll start looking you up. Okay. Last part awards. Okay. This is really interesting because I think a lot of people go in the opposite direction. Sometimes we, we really think in, in the industry more about licensing or, or letters at the end of your name, like, you know, CFP or CFRC or whatever they're called. CHFC, <laughs> forget all the acronyms, but that is credibility, but also it's at, it's at the top. It's like the last thing that a lot of people don't care about, because if you do those other things, they think you're credible. If you're talking to them, if you know who you want to attract, but that credibility stuff matters. And then eventually getting like even, you know, media and, and, and getting on podcasts, all that stuff matters. But we also use a strategy about getting a book, like, and having a book because you're an author, you don't need an award. You have a, a book, you immediately have credibility. So I just want to unpack some of those because I never thought of it in those ways, but I love that pyramid. I made lots of notes and drew, drew it on my paper. I got a circle and I got a pyramid. It took me a while to understand that you said pyramid. So I'm glad you explained it. Um, and then that's a great thing to think about that. This is going to give you visibility. And if you yeah. are not seeing those ideal clients, those quality prospects are not coming to you. Okay. Strategy number two, I just had to completely like go over that because it's so cool what you just went. What, what you just no, said. I love it. I love it. Okay. So moving on to strategy to number two, strategy number two is your attraction strategy. Now in the online world, here is where it makes absolute sense. Attraction is the content that you are putting out there. 
Whatever content you are putting out there needs to be put in such a way that attracts your client to you. But again, this is where so many people get overwhelmed and go, oh my gosh, I need to do a blog. I need to do a podcast. I need to do YouTube videos. I need to do this and I need to do this. And I need to create content for all of these platforms, i.e. social media that I need to be on. That is not the case. As an example, um, I love my podcast. I've got my own podcast as well. But you will not find that I've got a blog on my website because unfortunately, one of my skills that is not a very good skill is I don't like writing. I can't sit down and write forever. I can't sit and write content. That is not something I prefer doing. But this communicating right here, this conversation you and I are having, I love doing this. And that's how my podcast evolved, because my podcast is the content that I'm delivering to my audience. And I'm delivering it in such a way which captures their attention, gets them to learn from me, but also gets them to see who I am. So I'm building that relationship, which is the next thing we'll talk about. So the attraction strategy is very much about the content, but how are you creating that content? And I always talk about the three C's here. The first one is clarity. You need to be clear on what it is that you are going to share with your audience. Once you have clarity, the second seat comes in play. You are then going to become more committed because you know what it is that you need to do. And then the third C just follows easily after that, which is the consistency. You are going to become so much more consistent with your content. And people always say, oh my gosh, this is the hardest thing because I get so excited and I can create content. And then I don't do it for a couple of weeks, so I don't do it for a couple of months. But there's such an easy strategy to put this together and create content for a year in advance. Give me two hours of your time and you will have content for a whole year. <laughs> that is how easy it is. But you just need to put down at least two hours one day to sit and create your content for a whole year. Oh, I want to go into that. That's so good. But it's like we got so much to cover here. But that's that may say that for another podcast, how you do that in two hours, because that's pretty cool. But um, I mean, we I think the the idea is repurposing. Right. So it's like you can take something. I mean, if you did a web. OK, let's touch on it a little bit because I, I'm curious. So they're curious, I, I would imagine, is there's so many things going on in my brain right now. It's hard to prioritize right here. So let me back up a step. Let me back up a step because I'm reading I'm reading the listener's mind because I know I know I know who, you know, I was in the industry for 10 years. The compliance thing just keeps coming up. And it's like, you say, Henriette, that everybody knows that, you know, you, you need to create content. And it's true in the digital marketing world. It's true in the coaching world. It's true in the influencer world that it's all about content. But in the industry, in the financial industry and in insurance, that's not what they're being taught. Right. So if you're listening, you're like, yes, Robin, that's not what I'm being taught. Like I can't do create my own content. And maybe you think you can, but it's a pain in the butt again, because compliance is a bitch. We can call this podcast compliance is a bitch. No, I'm just kidding. But it is. But but you have to realize that everyone else in the world, like everyone, if I my husband hates it when I use absolutes because it's not true. A lot of other people in the world who are in business understand how important content is. In fact, in my my mastermind, we're in a seven, seven figure mastermind minimum. So like eight figure, nine, like there are a lot of people who are super, super successful there. And one of the guys who was speaking said that content is the new real estate. People would invest in real estate and have all this, you know, real estate, and then they can, you know, sell real estate. They can make a lot of money. A lot of people made a lot of money off real estate and still do. 
And content is the new real estate, meaning that that's where the money is. Like you create this content, you have your own IP, your intellectual property, that's worth a lot of money. And in the industry, it's not anything they're talking about because first of all, sorry if anyone's kind of coming from the corporate world listening to this, but in the industry from these companies, they don't necessarily want you to have your own brand. They want to have their brand. They're creating content. They want you to use the content. And sometimes they say, oh, it's not compliant because you're creating your own content. That's BS. It's that they don't want to deal with the new content, maybe because it's a pain in the butt, but also there's kind of a, an ulterior motive there for, for you to build their brand, not yours. And it's, it's somewhat self-serving. This is kind of negative right here, but I, I think it's true. And I mean, the, the, some companies are spending millions and maybe even billions of dollars a year to, to have this brand. And then you're told you can't really, or not, not even told you can't create your own content, but you're not, you're not told that you should. But the thing is, like I said earlier about Facebook lives and things like that is like, people want you, they want to know you, they want to know your beliefs. And oh my gosh, one of my, one of my clients just in our WhatsApp group, a WhatsApp group and um, her name's Anne Marie. She's actually at Edward Jones and Edward Jones has really strict compliance. And she was um, practicing her stories. And before we started working together, I mean, she just went through the pre-approved materials. Here's what I teach. Like, let me educate you about uh, IRA and how this insurance thing works and long-term care, whatever it was, social security, all this boring crap that's all pre-approved and done. And then they have these presentations and some people pay a lot of money for these seminars to like get these seminars out, like get people in butts and seats for seminars. And then they go through this crappy, crappy presentation all about the company first and then all about this education stuff. And she's now doing it completely differently where we're looking at like, hey, you have a, a voice, baby. You have a voice. You have a brand. You have something to say. And she's practicing these stories in our group. And oh my God, I was I was almost in tears. It was so good. I was so proud of her. And she's talking about how you know she ended up with this guy who had three boys and she always felt really self-conscious and they basically hated her and treated her kind of crappy. And you know, then she had a baby with this, you know, this guy. And then now she's kind of like this evil stepmom type of thing. And it's and it was so amazing. Like nothing about money. But all these beliefs that we all have as women about feeling like we're not good enough and then trying to do everything for everyone else and how she was always trying to just say yes to them. And they still didn't seem to appreciate like all these things, nothing, nothing to do with money, except everything to do with the decisions that she made. And now she has a voice. I'm getting like goosebumps about this because I get so excited and I know I'm a little off topic here. But you do need to build content. This is where this is going. Like your content are your stories. Your content is your yeah. voice. Your content is you. And having that clarity about who you're actually talking to and what you're going to say and, and then being committed to making it happen and then being consistent, all that stuff that Henriette said is so important because you don't do it. If you're anything like most, most women in the industry and most people in the industry, you're doing what the industry is telling you to do, maybe knocking on doors, maybe talking to friends and family, maybe going networking and building centers of influence, which is all good stuff. But what about you, right? So mm -hmm. I think that's incredible. And I think everybody listening needs to start thinking about like, how can I, like within the realm, I'm not saying don't do what's, com what's compliant. I'm saying that don't do what's easy do what's right for you. And then it does become simple because you're aligned with it. Yes. Okay. Number three, number three. Right. Number three is your relationship strategy. So the relationship strategy is, I think, actually one of the most fundamental strategies of all. And I think this is also the one that people leave out. This is where you build relationships, whether it is with your audience, with an email list, with people that you're networking, it doesn't matter. 
Your relationship strategy is that one thing where you can actually have a peer, authentic, and honest conversation with somebody. But here's the problem. We get taught to talk, but we don't get taught to listen. And if you have a true and authentic conversation with somebody, it's about listening. And, you know, especially for us as coaches, this is one of the things that we do. We listen to people, but you can't listen to somebody if you don't ask the right questions. So I always talk about the relationship strategy is a strategy where you really find out how you can build a conversation with somebody, how you can manage and lead a conversation with confidence, and then take them from where they are to where they want to be through that conversation. But then the end result is them signing up and working with you, then buying into your service, buying into your package, whatever that might look like. But it's about how you have that conversation. How do you build that relationship with people? So as an example, so many people use webinars or workshops as one entity, one element of that strategy, because a webinar or workshop is where you give information, but also you're building a relationship with people through that. And then obviously that leads onto a conversation, whether that's on, online or offline, in order to obviously get them to sign up and work with you. The problem is, is we've all been so drained with this belief that, as an example, with webinars, there's always a pitch at the end. There's always a selling at the end. What I do, as an example, is I don't sell at my workshops. I invite people to come and have a conversation with me one-on-one. -on -one. And that's where that amazing conversation happens, where I don't just establish my authority, but also build a relationship with them by listening to what it is that they have to say and then leading them on where they can make an educated decision in order to work with me or not. But that relationship is the absolute key. And if you don't have a relationship strategy as to how you're going to build relationships with people, everything is going to fall flat on its face. No matter how visible you are, no matter how, strategies, how many strategies you have, if you can't maintain a good relationship with people, then it's not going to work for you in any which way. And I think that women obviously are naturally great at that um, because we care about building the relationship. We never just want to sell people to, to a fault sometimes, right? Because it's like, yeah. I, I don't want to push people. And, they, and then, then you don't drive people to action because God forbid you like give them the path to work with you and you feel like you're being salesy and all those things come up. So the relationship I think is natural, but the problem again, you know, bringing the industry into this um, is that you're taught a way to sell. And in some cases, when the relationship starts, it's all about driving people to action really is all about, let me tell you about my company. Let me tell you about me. Let me educate you. Then let me fact find, they do a fact finding thing, know all your numbers and then figure out your goals and then get you to say yes to working with me, like just a baby step, like some business. So we can start that process. And it's like you let go of your human nature of wanting to connect and just having mm -hmm. the conversation because you're taught a system and you're coachable like most women are, which is great. But those systems are very archaic and they're not designed to actually provide the most value for the client and the prospect, let's say, before they even become a client. So getting really to, you know, we teach a whole different system, very similar to what you're talking about, you know, really understanding what do they want that they don't already yeah. have, what's holding them back from getting there. Those are like the two, two main questions that you need and forget about your company and forget about you, like figure out what's important to them. And when you yes. know that, then you can drive them to the next step because you know, it's the right thing for them, not for you. It's for them. So I love that. Listen, listening is everything, but like you said, it's not just, you can't just listen when you follow the old archaic system, you have to ask the right questions and then guide them and listen. Okay. This is, this is really good stuff. Okay. Let's go to number four. This is, this is amazing. What's number four. 
Okay, so this is the last strategy, and then it completes the circle um, as a whole. So the last strategy is your transformation strategy. This is the one where I have spoken to so many women where they kind of headbutt against the wall, and they go like, oh, I'm not quite sure what this transformation strategy should look like. To make it very simple, your transformation strategy is the service that you're offering, and I call it the enticing package. How do you take your services and put it together in such a way that creates absolute clarity for your ideal clients so they know exactly what it is that you're offering for them and what is the benefit? What is it that they're going to get from you at the end of the day? Now, so many people, because, you know, in particular, it doesn't matter what niche or industry we're in, we're so focused on what we do and it becomes so second nature to us that when we talk about what we do, it's like, blah, 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 blah. And we expect people on the other side immediately to understand what we're saying. But we have to understand that not everybody understands what it is that we can offer them. So you need to know how to put a package together or how to put your services together in such a way that is enticing to them where they would absolutely lean in and say, oh my gosh, Robin, this is, this is amazing. This is exactly what I was looking for. Yes, when can I sign up? How can we get started working together? It's about you having that clarity so that you can verbalize it towards your potential client. It is not about them understanding. And something really, really important that one of my mentors said to me, he said, remember this, it is not about them understanding you. It's about them understanding what it is that they need. So you've got to be very careful not to go and try and explain to them what it is that they need. They need to understand what it is that they need. And if you can offer that through your enticing package so that they can walk away with clarity and say, this is my decision, this is what I want to do, then you've got them. And there's a way to put your package together in order to add that additional value. But sometimes, oh my gosh, we're our own worst enemies. We overcomplicate things for ourselves. And we go like, yeah, but this is what I'm offering and, and I'm sure they want it. Yes, maybe they do, but you haven't really made it clear for them. Now, the transformation strategy then just completes the circle, like I said, because now with the clients that you've gone and taken through your services, they're obviously going to give you back referrals. They're going to give you testimonials. They're going to you know, talk about you. So that, again, enhances your visibility strategy. So that's why I said, if you think about it in a circular format, it all completes walking from your visibility to attraction, relationship, coming back to your transformation, which is where you take your clients from where they are to where they want to be, and they will go and talk about you, which again, enhances your visibility strategy. And I think if you put it in that sense, it makes things a little bit more clearer and a little bit more easier in order to just structure your business so that you can attract more clients, but equally, so you didn't overwhelm yourself. Absolutely. And what I want you to notice, those of you, obviously, as you're listening, is one of the things you said, Henriette, is is one of my mentors said this, one of my mentors said that, and at, Everyone who's successful, I'm going to say everyone intentionally here has a mentor, has someone helping them and who's already, I always, uh, I say that I have this in my first book, make more money. Oh no, my first book is mind over money management. I get confused. Um, But I said this, there's like something called a mentor test. And number one, you want to make sure that they have gotten the result that you want. Because yeah. it's so weird, people out there like teaching you how to make money and they're broke, right? That doesn't make any sense. But one, they've gotten the result that you want. So if you want someone to help you make money, you make sure your mentor has made money. And that happened even when I was like going to Tony Robbins events and I love that stuff and I wanted to make money. And then I got a coach from Tony Robbins and Tony Robbins, I'm sure could help me make a lot more money and help a lot more people. 
And the coach that I had was not Tony Robbins. <laughs> the coach that I had was someone who was probably making $35 to $50 an hour telling me how to grow my business when they didn't have a business. They were working for Tony Robbins as a coach and they didn't know how to do it. Right. So that wasn't the right coach for me because that's an accountability coach, but that wasn't someone who had gotten the result before. And then the second thing, mentor test, is that they've gotten the results for other people. And I actually had someone come to me when I first started my Fem mentorship. And she she was like, I'm already in this other program with this woman. And, and I said, Well, are you getting the result? And she's like, No. And I'm like, maybe it's her, you know, right? Maybe she's not getting the result. Maybe she's not a coach, but she seemed like she was. And 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 she seemed like she would get the result eventually. But I, I was just curious, you know. And she said, I said, Well, are other people in the program getting the result? You know, she was like, not really. And I'm like, okay, that's 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 like, that's a red flag, right? Because you have to make sure the person, the guru that like, is getting the result. And then I actually asked, is, is, is the coach getting the result? She's like, I don't think she's making that much money actually. And I'm like, oh, like you're, yeah, we've got a problem. And she ended up actually in my program instead. And she like tripled her revenue. It was like crazy, but that's the problem. You work with someone who doesn't actually get the result for other people as well. They don't necessarily have to know how to teach it, even if they get the result for themselves. So I know that wasn't part of your system, but it's like, I'm like, I'm reading between the lines here as I'm thinking like what you need to hear as a listener right now to really be able to grow your business in a way that's simple and, and, but also different and that allows you to stand out. So no matter what happens, you could build a money-making machine and which really an impact machine, because if you're able to make more money, you can impact more people. And then going back to one more thing, just because again, like the financial insurance industry, they think it's different because they don't say packaging, like coaching, you know, packaging and the coaches, the people that need, you know, that work with you, they get the help from you where they're like, they package their services, like a bundle deal, like kind of like massage envy or something like that. And you're like, well, if you do 10, you get a cheaper price. It's just like Costco. It's a bundle deal. Like that's not packaging. You're talking about them understanding what they're going to get by working with you, which means you have to build the value. And I always say, stop selling the box. The boxes, in this case, an insurance product, or the box is money management, or the box is a 529 plan, a college funding plan. Like, stop selling the box. They don't want the box. They want what the box is going to give them the results, exactly. the transformation, right? So, so, most people that come to me before they're doing, like, we teach them how to do this packaging, they think, oh, I can't package my services. I'm selling insurance, or I, I can't do packaging. Like, I only have so many, I have a financial plan. It's just a financial plan. I'm like, uh, yes, you can. What is it that the, that they're or money management, like I'm just managing their money. And like, yeah, you do all these things. You don't even tell them you're doing. You might vet the CPA. You might meet with the CPA. You might be rebalancing their portfolio. Like all these things that you don't even tell them you're doing. And you assume it's like, oh, well, it's 1% or one half percent to manage your portfolio when they don't even know what they're really getting. And yes. so then they'll go to someone cheaper or they'll go to someone else. They think it's the same thing when it's not. So packaging is totally something you're missing if you're not doing that as a financial advisor, or even if you're just selling insurance or annuities, you got to package the whole thing. You're not just selling someone something and you're never going to talk to them again. You're building relationships. You, you provide tremendous transformational value. So own that and tell them about it and put it in a system where they're like, oh my gosh, it's such a no brainer that it actually will cost me nothing to work with you because I'll get such good results. So 
I know this was kind of a weird podcast in a sense, because usually like I'm, I'm talking more to you, Henriette, like the guest, and, and I'm really more talking to the audience today because you have such good stuff and I want to make sure because it's very systematic. It's very, you know, intentional. I like the circle as well because I usually do steps and then it's like, where do those steps lead to? Well, they lead to you getting what you want, but I love that it's a circular thing because actually, especially in the financial industry, they're relying on referrals. Like that's what most of their marketing is, which is kind of mm-hmm. funny, but I, it makes sense, but it's like, we can be more intentional with that. And if you create this system and you keep going, it's just a circular movement. It never ends. It's going to perpetuate itself to get you more, more and more clients in a simple way. Now, everything she just mentioned might feel like, oh, that's a lot. That's not simple, but break it down. Come back. You can listen to this podcast over and over again, slow it down if you need to. Um, and then you could just make sure you're getting some of those components, not all of those components, but one step at a time. So how can they find you, Henriette? This has been amazing. Give them where to find you. And, um, and unless you want to give any freebie away or something like that, that they can get, but tell them what to do next. Yes, no, absolutely. So um, very easy. My website is henriettedanel.com and it's D-A-N-E-L. I have been asked to be Mrs. Daniel, but unfortunately I have married a Frenchman, so it's pronounced Danel. Um, so henriettedanel.com. And if it's okay with you, I do have a free um, resource guide that could help Please. people as well. I so it says- I figured uh, you better. I figured it would, like, that's how we do it, right? So this resource guide is 30 resources on how to attract more clients. So it's an amazing guide, things that you might have thought of, things that you might already be doing, but then there's a little golden nuggets in there where you go like, oh, I didn't think I could be doing this, or I didn't know I could do this, or never even thought this idea never even cropped up before. So there's just 30 resources on things that you could be doing to attract more clients. You'd be so surprised. It's the tiniest little thing sometimes that really just gets stuck and can really help um, you know, attract your ideal clients to you. Um, so that is available again also on my website. If you just open up my website, it'll be right there at the top for you to go and download the resource guide. That's awesome. I already want it because I always am looking for more strategies, not for myself necessarily, um, although I'm always open to that, but bringing those amazing ideas and different things, especially the simple ones to my clients. So um, I'm totally going to download that and then I'm going to credit you when I use them and and tell them if you don't mind, but um, that's amazing. And I I love the abundance. I love that you're willing to share. So thank you for that freebie. And thank you all for uh, um, joining us on the podcast. That was amazing. And we'll see you next time on growing your financial business the woman's way. Thanks again. Are you getting all the quality prospects on your calendar that you'd like? If not, join us in the appointment generator challenge, go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for free. We guarantee you'll get five quality appointments in five days if you follow this system and you can do it from online. You don't even have to pick up the phone, whether you're just starting, whether you've been in the industry three to five years or even 30 years, this challenge will be perfect for you. Check it out, femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for absolutely free. Can't wait to see you there. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.